Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. You found primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Yes, indeed, you found us. It is primetime action from the South Point. Gil Alexander, Matt Brown, Kelly Bidlin. Glad you could hang with us tonight. Football on the agenda. The Titans and the Bills with a line that keeps creeping up a little bit. And, of course, baseball game three of the American League Championship Series between the Red Sox and the Houston Astros. You have your Astros futures? I do. You can't be too thrilled with the split, but you'll take it at this point. Yeah, I'm... You're making a bet. This is what's happening right now. I was, I was, well, I was trying to. I'm like, watch a man bet live on TV. I'm like, I'm talking at I was trying to, and it's spinning, and I forget because, like, you have to turn the Wi Fi off and all the whole, uh, you got to do the whole thing and the what I know. Spin around three times. Yeah, and just to tell you, oh, by the way, your Wi Fi's on. I'm like, yeah, I know my Wi Fi's on. My Wi Fi's always on. (laughs) Sorry to interrupt. Yes. We're we're just doing something over here. Um, Just a TV show. No big deal. No big deal. Titans, uh, Bills, this goes up to six and a half now. This makes you want to make a bet, huh? Six and a half pretty much everywhere, like here in Vegas. Now, it hasn't quite it hasn't quite caught on rest of the country yet. So DraftKings, PointsBet, 888, FoxBet, BetRivers, they're all still at six. But then we look across the board here in Vegas, South Point, Gold Nugget, Wynn, Station Casinos, Caesars, MGM, William Hill, uh, William Hill, they're all at six and a half. So people are people are digging the bills here, but maybe not so much rest of country right now, which is pretty interesting. Yeah. I'm seeing six and far away places too. Hmm. Yes, wild. there's a, a a difference of opinion, I guess, for here here in Vegas folk and yeah. and the rest of the country folk. 
Uh, any pre-flop on this or just props, which we'll get to I got bit. props. You got yeah. props. Yeah. Nothing for me right now. Let's see if this thing gets Think to seven. about it. This thing gets yeah, to keep going to seven. Yeah, this yeah. thing gets, give me a Sure. Yeah. Sure. Uh, anything baseball tonight? No. Just hanging with the Astros. Yes. Hanging okay. with the Astros. But I don't think, I don't know if I'm going to bet baseball again. I'll tell you, the, the, gi- the Giants being knocked out took a wind out of my sails. Wind out of my sails. But, I, you know, again, I have a Dodgers future for March that I knew I'd wake up and have. And that's on, not quite on life support, but Braves up two to nothing in that series. Um, if I didn't have the Dodgers future, I might consider a Dodgers series play, adjusted yeah. price. Did that this morning. Did you? Yeah. yeah. Plus, plus one. Plus 170 here in town. Nice. Uh, it's yeah, I don't know what Davey Roberts is doing in, in some of these games, but... I guess with Scherzer, it was a shoulder. But then you you don't keep in trying in long. You don't keep in, um, you know, Arias long. You end up having, you know, just a very, every every decision seems very off to me. And the Braves get it done in dramatic fashion yesterday. While that was happening, for the Braves to take a 2 to nothing lead over the Dodgers, then there was the, uh, the nuttiness of the Steelers-Seahawks ending, which I was in a casino for, so I didn't have the uh, luxury of audio. And I've, without the luxury of audio, the whole time I'm thinking, well, clearly he spiked it with one second plus left on the clock. Little did I know they were reviewing a catch that was clearly a catch. That was was the weirdest thing. That was odd. Very odd. Steelers end up winning, but the Seahawks cover. Steelers win it 23 to 20. Nobody, well, with rare exception, lost in Survivor all day yesterday. In Circus Survivor, I think it was 19 Broncos was the number one eliminated team and uh, entrance. Followed by non-submissions at 10. That's it. Dolphins at 7. That's it. Everybody else got through. I was nuts about that earlier today. Yeah. Out of 10 people not submit that. Out of 10 people. Anyway, we'll do prop watch on the uh, football game in just a bit. We'll uh, talk baseball in uh, at some point here as well. But generally speaking, again, about an hour from now, it is football and baseball on TV in front of us looking for in-game opportunities. Some NFL news today. Uh, we're still waiting on the MRI result of Baker Mayfield's non-throwing shoulder. I have a very bad feeling about this. The Browns play on Thursday. He got it re-injured when J.J. Watt sort of strip-sacked him, and then he landed on his shoulder again, popped out. But in that post-game press conference, and we're talking about the Cardinals' 37-14 to beatdown of the Browns yesterday, where the Cardinals did not have Cliff Kingsbury and others on the sideline, and the Browns' injury toll just keeps mounting. It's, Kareem Hunt yeah. with a calf injury. Now he's... It's, Several weeks now, Several yeah, weeks. For him. and they just can't. Yeah, I was. I, I told you guys here on Friday. I hated the Brown, my Browns bet. That injury report hit. I was still able to get the. So I just teased the Cardinals up, like cause I was looking for more partners for the Chiefs as it was anyway, because I was so incredibly bullish on that leg. I wanted it so badly, and so I kind of basically bought off my position on the Browns. Like I hated it anyway. And then that injury report comes out there down two offensive linemen again. It's just, it's, it was same thing as last year. Like we thought they had potential last year. Couldn't beat the injury bug last year. And then, I mean, just decimated again so far this year. And I mean, look, if this is bad with Baker Mayfield to go along with everything that's going on in the secondary and Odell leaves and has to come back and Jarvis Lander gets activated, but he didn't even play, he didn't play in this game. Like they're just, if, if they're all healthy on paper, you're like, wow, this team's going to be amazing. But, you know, you just can't keep gluing parts together over and over, over again and expect to beat good teams like the Cardinals. That's just not going to happen. Not going to happen. And, and, again, like you, I am no physician. But they play Thursday. The yeah. Browns do. And one of the things that Baker Mayfield said, perhaps the most alarming thing he said in that postgame press conference was, 
not only did it dislodge or dislocate when he hit the turf on that strip sack, but it dislocated also. It came out with non-contact afterwards. So he's just walking around and it's slipping out. Now, again, I'm no physician, but that doesn't sound good. Even if it is your non-throwing shoulder, you probably have to sit a Thursday night game against the Broncos. That's just me just speculating. Right now, the Browns three and a half. That's the number now. So this is way down from what it was this morning. So apparently people are thinking the same thing. So that's- yeah, it was, and and you know, this one of those things too, where I think had the Broncos not gotten boat raced as well, that like maybe this thing would be more like much closer, even under the three mm-hmm. type situation. But you know, coming off of that, there's not a lot of not a lot of, not a lot to love in the Broncos either, right? I mean, that was just a pathetic performance by that team. Boy, I wish we had called the adjusted under on that, huh? From a, remember after game one, it went to 10.5 at DraftKings, the Broncos' adjusted season win total for no reason whatsoever. Beat a team they were supposed to beat in the Giants. It's back down to 8.5, I believe. 8.5 now at DraftKings. So I hope everybody grabbed the under 10.5, as passionate as we were about that. Three wins for the Broncos to start the season, Giants, Jaguars, and Jets. Not exactly murderer's row. What's the opposite of murderer's row? That's what they are. And then Ravens, Steelers, Raiders, LLL. And that's where the Broncos are, 3-3. Three and three. By the way, the Panthers, same story. They won three games to start the season. They've lost three. They had 14 sacks. The Panthers did their first three games. They've had two since then. That'll do it sometimes as well. So many teams like this in the NFL. What stuck out to you yesterday? What was like the single biggest thing yesterday where you're like, well, I didn't see that coming? What oh, was everything that I didn't quo? see that coming? Oh, I thought you were going to say what were... Well, the biggest thing that stood out to me was just the teams that were supposed to destroy the bad teams yesterday went and destroyed the bad teams yesterday. The Colts destroy the Texans. The Rams destroy the Giants. The Chiefs destroy Washington football team. Like, those teams go out and just absolutely did what they had to do, and I thought that, you know, really did kind of stand out to me. I guess the only other thing that that was the most eye-popping, I suppose, was... Now, I told you guys I was didn't... Something was fishy. I didn't like that Chargers side. I just wasn't. I couldn't get down. But I did not think thirty-four-six did not get down. Like that. Yeah. That was. That was just a complete and utter domination. And you know, for everything, if we're going to sit here and sing the praises and talk about how happy we are to have a, a an MVP ticket on Justin Herbert when he's doing well, we need to go ahead and, and be real with ourselves. That was a horrible game. He played absolutely pathetic in that game and like couldn't handle anything that the Ravens were doing with him defensively and just looked all out of sorts really and truly from the get-go um, with that game and just never really got right. So it was, I mean, as bad a game as I've probably seen him play since he's been in the NFL. I think that's probably true. Yeah. Uh, the Chargers just beat down in that game. Let's talk about them for a second, though, because, okay, so Brandon Staley, uh, again, to your point about, okay, when we sing the praises, we also have to mention when things don't go their way. We mentioned this on the show last week, how it's like, okay, listen, those fourth down attempts – aren't always going to go the Chargers' way. Yeah. Now, yesterday, they attempted two that would be considered, you know, unconventional. Uh, they did so down 14 to nothing. They went for it on fourth and three from their own 39 with 9-13 left in the second quarter. Incomplete pass. But then a three and out for Baltimore. They kicked a 52-yard field goal from, uh, from their uh, side of things. And then down 24-6, to six, the Chargers went for it fourth and one from their own 19-yard line. With 5.58 left in the third quarter, incomplete pass, three and out for Baltimore, and another 39-yard field goal. So a few things here. One, that's not why they lost. That only resulted in six Ravens points. They got beat comprehensively yesterday. But I do think it's worth noting, if you're betting on the Chargers, you have to be prepared. And we alluded to this last year when we said sometimes these aren't going to go 
uh, your way and that Brandon Staley gets that you can lose by 100. It doesn't matter, right? So for betters, that is something to file away, though, that there are going to be more volatile results with this team than for anyone else, perhaps. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that was the regression to the mean game, right? I mean, they were running far over expectation and converting fourth downs. And so you just eventually are going, that's just the way it works, right? I mean, you're just going to come back down to earth. And now, are they going to be as bad as they were then? No, it's probably always going to lie somewhere in the middle, right? It's going to be not what you saw the first few weeks. It's going to be not what you saw yesterday. It's going to be somewhere in the middle with these fourth down situations and certainly some of these fourth down calls. I think, you know, listen, still a younger guy. I think he's super sharp. I think whatever, but I do think there's this, maybe a little bit of this, you know, Oh, I'm known for going to Florida on fourth down. I'm just going to, you know, like maybe make a, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say reckless decision, but what I will say is some of these things like, you know, I'm all for going for it. Certainly. I think that you've got the foul firepower to go for it with the receivers you've got in Herbert and all that, everything like that. But I mean, sometimes you do, I think there is something to where you can err on the side of caution sometimes. Sometimes. I, I think it's also like the difference between, I mean, hey, in-game coaching is different than pre-game coaching, and that team that showed up yesterday for that game didn't seem prepared on either side of the ball to, mm-hmm. to face the Ravens. So I think it's, you know, we can give the guy credit for every decision he makes in-game, but leading up to the game, sure looked like he didn't have his team ready to go. There were other fourth down calls beyond Brandon Staley yesterday that were very curious. I'm looking at you, Mike McCarthy. Talk about that. Ugh. A couple other NFL notes. Some NBA stuff as well. Prop watch next for the Chargers. Not the Chargers, pardon me. For the game tonight between the Bills and the Titans. Matt's got some plays. We'll do that next on Prime Primetime Action. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. 
Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Get ready for all the action this NBA season with the VEASAN basketball betting experts. Grab your copy of the VEASAN Pro Basketball Betting Guide now with strategies, predictions, and best bets to stay ahead of the odds makers. Our hoops experts, including JVT, Jonathan Montobo, provide strategy and advice, as well as predictions for conference winners, win totals, playoff teams, and player awards. The digital guide is a must-have, so give yourself a betting edge this season. Get your copy now for only $9.99 at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. NBA season begins tomorrow, Kelly, yes? Tomorrow night. Two games. Go. You excited? Yeah, I am. I am. I was. Uh, I spent much much of the weekend uh, researching, researching, researching. Still researching. Still researching. Uh, what what did you find? What did, what did you discover? <laughs> what did uh, you there, find? There, there's new players on teams. Oh. Things like that. You know what I mean? You know, you know what I discovered? I told this to Jeremy, our director, earlier. The Chicago Bulls are going to be very, very good this year, in my opinion, as long as nobody in their starting lineup ever gets hurt, Matt. What do you okay. think? That's a hot take, right? So, so you were just saying, so long as they run far, far, far over expectation with injuries, they're going to be very good. Exactly. They'll okay. be very good, yes. All right. Before we do a prop watch, just one question. Do you have more problem with what Brandon Staley did down twice in that game or with Mike McCarthy just randomly with the score 0-0, zero, zero, fourth and <laughs> one at their own 34 in the first quarter, less than three minutes into the game, saying, you know, this seems like a good time to go for yeah, it. Always the like. The, the one thing, like I said, with Staley, at least he's consistent and he just does right. what he does and all that. And like again, I think maybe sometimes he can he can be a little bit more cautious with stuff. But yes, they, I'm always against just the randomness of guys. And I think it's like they they've been watching, you know, like they've been watching the news. Yes, they've been watching like yes. the reading the articles and stuff, and they're kind of like this guy's getting all this hype because he's doing this. We're doing it too, that's you know. Exactly. And it's like eh, maybe not. Excellent finger snap, you know. There. Like maybe that's right. Not. No, that's I, I feel that way. I'm like it's okay. I'm, if I do this, they'll say I'm smart. Let me do it. Not there, Mike. And there was other uh, stuff that he did. That you, could, you could go on for 20 minutes about the Cowboys yesterday. But it's like we said a couple weeks ago. Both those coordinators, it's like, I mean, like Kellen Moore on the end of that, like that final drive and Tony Roman was all over on the broadcast. You're like, this guy's calling a hell of a game. Hell of a game. And then McCarthy's like, time out with 20 seconds left. Like, what are you doing? Dude. Stop getting, stop getting in your own people's way. And that was the second one. Remember they they what was it the uh, before that they even did one there was two timeouts where he he just did them twice where you're like what are you doing they, they we said this last week you cannot get a Dallas Cowboys futures ticket to win the NFC or the Super Bowl because of him you can't you know he's going to do something stupid in the playoffs and it's going to ruin the game for him there was a stat we ran it this morning Dak Prescott in like fourth quarters and overtime of tied games has. The greatest power rate, the greatest passer rating in the history of football. No one's even close. Like, uh, you know, like uh, some of the greats were in there. Andrew Luck was fourth. Aaron Rodgers was fifth. Dak Prescott's one forty-eight point three. Is that a one fifty-eight point three? He's he's damn near perfect. And then there's Mike McCarthy. 
for whom Dak Prescott erases all kinds of stupid decisions. Yeah, highest pass, passer rating, minimum 60 attempts in NFL history when the game is tied in the fourth quarter or overtime. Dak Prescott, 148.3, number one, and then it's Rich Gannon, Vinny Testaverde, Andrew Luck, Aaron Rodgers after. But look at the drop from 148.3 to number two is what? 111. That's how incredible <laughs> he's been. Yeah. It's incredible. It's incredible. All right. It's time for Prop Watch. Proper like a Burger King Whopper. Prop Watch, ladies and gentlemen. Sure. Josh Allen and Ryan Tannehill. Josh Allen, 295.5 is his passing yardage for tonight. Ryan Tannehill, 242.5. Long way from Allen's. Passing touchdowns, Allen at 2.5 with the underjuiced at minus 155. Tannehill, 1.5 with the underjuiced at minus 135. And then, of course, the picks, both at a half. Though Josh Allen's way under minus 165 for him to throw nary a pick. Yeah, I've here? got both guys right on. These these numbers. I got Allen sitting at two eighty nine and a half, and then I have Tannehill sitting two thirty eight and a half. So no edge one way or the other on this. This would be a strictly you would be playing on what you feel the game narrative could be and how the game flow could end up going. I mean, if anything, I would lean towards the over on Tannehill because I mean, look, if you find yourself as a six and a half point underdog, then that lends to that you are trailing, that you are going to have to play from behind, and that that obviously makes you have to throw the ball a whole lot more. So just from from that, I would lean to the over on Tannehill, but uh, not enough an ed- of an edge for me here. And I still have this weird, sneaky feeling that, that the Titans keep this thing closer than a lot of people think. And so I can't get there that this is going to get out of control. Yeah, I think the props here are tonight are so game narrative-based, however you think it's going to go, right? Because what, if the Titans keep it close – or they're winning, it's probably Derrick Henry finding success running the ball, Mm -hmm. and then they're bleeding time off the clock, right? Or you've got, you know, the Bills, Josh Allen tearing up this Titans secondary that hasn't been all that great this year, and then you got the Titans playing catch-up for the whole game, then you're going to get a ton of passing yards. So I think it is is interesting. I know there's one we matched on uh, later in, in receiving, but I think both of those I would look over, like you just said, just because of what the odds are telling us. A total of 53... And the Titans are six, six to six and a half points under underdogs. I would look, I would probably look over Tannehill, but nothing, no, no yeah. bets for me there. All right, receiving props. Stefan Diggs is the high mark, eighty three and a half. He has the second most touchdowns in his family this year, behind his brother Trayvon. Emmanuel <laughs> Sanders, fifty eight and a half. AJ Brown, high mark for the Titans. He will play today, fifty five and a half. But just how much, Matt, will he play? Yeah, that's the big question here. Um, there is a couple of different. A couple different beat writers that I respect both think, now they are not saying one way or the other, but both think that he he will be on, you know, a, air quotes, pitch count. So he's not going to be running the same amount of routes that he typically runs and all that because they want to make sure that he's – this is the other thing. we got to remember, he, it's not just an illness. So he popped up with an injury report with this, like, illness thing, which is why he was, like, super questionable for this game. But he's been dealing with a hamstring injury as well, right? So he's also been dealing with a, a physical injury to go along with a sickness and an illness as well. So there's a couple of different things that lead you – to thinking that he's not going to get a full complement of snaps, which is why I took the over on Julio Jones, 46 and a half yards. It's at 47 and a half yards now. Not really that big of a difference. I would still play the over on either one of those. Now, here is this is not a bet for the faint of heart because, again, Julio Jones is also coming off of an injury, and it is one of those injuries where we have seen Julio Jones 
come back out, run five routes, and then go, yeah, I can't do this anymore. And so it's like we've seen this, we saw it several times last year. So if you are, if you are, if you're not really, listen, I don't want, this is what I don't want. Don't play this and then start tweeting at me. <laughs> hey, man, he ran five routes. And like, no, I'm telling you, he might run five routes and he, and he might not play anymore. Like, that's that's very much within the range of, of outcomes for Julio Jones in this one. However, if he is going to play a full complement of snaps tonight, which we have to assume health if we're going to play overs, then this number is way too low because I have it, like, way closer to 60. So, I mean, it's just I'm playing a number that I think is too low that I think the number's baked in that he – that he might leave this, you know, that, that he could leave this game for X period of snaps or whatever it might be. So I that, that was when I first saw the number, I, I, I said to myself, this looks really low. And then the way I'm just how I think the game's going to play out. I do think this is probably going to be a higher scoring game mm-hmm. and probably a lot, a lot more passing by the Titans. And he's the only guy who I know is not in or I think it's not on a snap count. At least mm-hmm. A.J. Brown has come out and said he's on a snap count. We don't really know how much that is. But if Julio is good to go, he's gonna. They're gonna. They're gonna utilize him a ton. So I'm with you, Matt. We could always see that from Julio Jones. It was a heavy lean for me to the over. It was my favorite prop on the board. Didn't play it until you sent yours in. I'm like Matt Brown playing it. I'm all playing. <laughs> so for everybody out there, I'll yell at Matt on the show. I'm also on the over Derek Henry receiving yards, and this has gotten rocketed up. Like I think it's all the way up to like 16, 17, something like that. Now I'm. I got it at 12 and a half. It's opened at 10 and a half, and then I got it at 12 and a half on on its. Way up, uh, we can see it's fifteen and a half right now. This was one where Derrick Henry he's gotten to this number in four or five games this year. They've actually really started using him much more in the passing game. And the only one that he didn't get here was when they were just absolutely destroying the Jaguars and they just didn't need him. You know, they, they just didn't Jaguars actually. Jaguars, yes, Jaguars, mm-hmm. yes, uh, the Jaguars. It, it, he was they were destroying them, so they just didn't need him in the passing game at all. But this is also maybe a little bit of narrative going on here, but listen, the Bills' run defense, at least through this part of the season, is number one ranked rush defense in all the NFL, and maybe just as awesome as Derrick Henry is, maybe just lining him up five yards behind the line of scrimmage and running him into the center of the line isn't the best thing to do all that often, and so manufacture some touches for him, right? Like, get the ball in your best player's hands, but just do it in a more creative way and maybe find him out of the backfield a couple of times, so... Uh, I actually think that they will try to get the ball in his hands more, and, and that's why I played the over on the receiving yards for Derek. I think there's a lot of people thinking the same way, Matt, because it's up to 19 and a half now. Oh. Draft. <laughs> right 19 then. and a half. Well, then. Anything on the Russian props before we go? Uh, I have Dar- uh, Devin Singletary over 26 and a half rushing yards. Titans rush defense, 27th DVOA, 25th pro football focus, 26th in yards per rush allowed. He, I think this number's a little bit too low because he was averaging double-digit carries until last week. And then against that in the Chiefs, where they just, you know, they were able to do whatever they wanted to against the Chiefs. And so he only had six carries in that one. And I think that that deflated this number a little bit. If we even get back close to where he was, get us eight or nine carries, we don't even need the double digits. He only needs to average, you know, four yards, get 3.8 yards a carry when we get there. Music City Miracle rematch. Too soon. <laughs> Titans tonight, six and a half point dogs currently against the Buffalo Bills. Run up to that. Fruit Baskets next. Those who helped us win bets this weekend. It's VEASAN's Primetime Action. You are looking live at Primetime Action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VEASAN, the sports betting network. Make this football season your best sports betting season ever. Start your VEASAN free trial today to get full access to our sports betting experts, including 24-7 video streaming, daily best bet emails, betting splits with the money and ticket percentages on every game, plus full access 
to VEASAN.com data and analysis. You get everything that VEASAN has to offer for only $22 per month. Sign up now at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. That's VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Some bets are just more fruitful than others. Let's find out who deserves a fruit basket of their own for helping the primetime action crew win this weekend. Kelly, I was prepared to say it again before the music started. I would have said vcin.com slash subscribe three or four times if it was necessary. You got it done. It's fruit basket time, everybody. Fruit baskets, virtual ones that we give to people that helped us win bets this weekend. People, teams, whatever. They brought in the cash. I'm first. I'm first. Ladies and gentlemen, first. I don't care what you think about me. My fruit baskets go to tennis players. Sure, while you were betting football, I was cashing at Indian Wells. Congratulations and fruit basket galore to Paula Badosa of Spain. What a tennis match. What a final yesterday in uh, tennis's fifth major, de facto fifth major at Indian Wells. Played in October this year instead of its standard March. It'll be back in March next year. Badosa versus Azarenka yesterday. And we had Bedosa and in a big way. She got it done in a match that was one of the top 10 matches I've ever seen in my life. Best thing in sports yesterday. Period. I won't be talked off the position. And then Cameron Norrie, who, uh, Kelly, you said you had never heard of last week. Cameron Norrie of, of Great Britain, of England. He uh, he came back from a one-set deficit to uh, Nicholas Basilashvili. And Norrie's data was such that he should have been the pre-flop favorite. But when he fell down a set, I'm like, oh, I wasn't going to get involved. But now I'll get involved. Plus 181 to the house. Nice. Turned it around. So for Paula Badosa and Cameron Norrie, separate fruit baskets going to two different parts of the world. How many times did you bet on Badosa over the last year? I can tell you exactly, but it's got to be three or four times. That's what I was going to guess. Plus to win the tournament right before the semis. Oh, I didn't know you added that one. Okay. Right before the semis. Not not like way early, but right before the semis. So it was a great weekend in that regard. Okay. Well, how about some football fruit baskets? So I have a couple of receivers here that I want to thank uh, in C.D. Lamb and and, uh, K.J. Osborne because guess what? They scored touchdowns in overtime, one of which was was C.D. Lamb that we didn't even need. We just needed a field goal, and we just needed a field goal there. And for the push, for the push, but yeah. uh, but the touchdown gets us home. Listen, we're taking these overtime wins and pushes like very very well here. Like this is oh. we ran pure, and then also in the uh, in the Vikings game as well catches that gets that into the end zone. Vikings, by the way, we were talking about this on break. Complete obliteration in the box score <laughs> and somehow ends up in overtime in an actual game. We may or may not have uh, said a coach may should not have his job if that didn't go. That might have been texted. <laughs> it might have been texted, but it did get home. We win the bets. We move on. Thank you for getting into the end zone there. Oh, Kelly, we're going to Kelly. All right, yeah, yeah. I'll just, I'll, I'll tack on to that. Same thing. Cowboys, Vikings, you went very specific with it. Yes. As you should have, uh, both those games were uh, uh, took so much out of me for winning tickets. Oh my gosh, they were they were very painful yesterday. I don't even know. There was a lot of guys. You, I, the Vikings. It was like just thank God you got there because, like as you said, we're looking at box score. This game should have been a complete blowout, and I, I looked like it was all falling apart. You could see it was one of those games. You could see how it was going to play out at the end. You're like. Clearly, they're going to score. Clearly, they're going to convert the two-point conversion. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. Cowboys, 
I think you're right. C.D. Lamb, you knew someone was going to have to slip a tackle or whatever. Yeah, because we were looking at a push or nothing. Because otherwise we were going to push or nothing. But I I loved the – I'll go back to Kel Moore. I think he he called a heck of a game, I think, especially in that overtime, especially when he's lining up in the same formation three separate times, goes back to a play that Tony Romo spotted – I love it. Romo spotting it. The Patriots coaches somehow aren't spotting it because it, it worked. It worked once. Might have worked twice, even. But uh, big, big game for Cowboys and Vikings. Cowboys, my biggest the, bet of the week. So thank God that got over. And and and, and and another game, really. If you look at if you look at how that Cowboys game played out, I mean, I know there's going to be people who are who are saying, "Oh no, should the Patriots are the right side?" Like they won that game pretty handily uh, without wow. a. There was just a couple. Uh, we talk about the. Kind of a bonehead call. There was a a red zone uh, mishap as well. I mean, like they controlled that game. They they won that game convincingly. So don't come at me with your whole like, oh, you got lucky to cover that. No, the Cowboys should have won that game again. That was another one that should have been a a much bigger margin than it actually was. I would like to give a old tip of the cap here because I said, hey, prove it to me that this team isn't any good and that the Lions are actually, uh, you know, feisty. Well, that did not happen. Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon. Jamar Chase, go out, absolutely destroy and crush the souls of the uh, the kneecap biters of the Lions out there. Joe Burrow didn't even need his throat in this one. He had he got to sit out the, the last of the game as well because uh, they were up so big in that one. Listen, this team is a team that is going to give other, other good teams fits throughout the rest of the season. They might not win a whole bunch of these games against good teams, but they are going to give those team fits. It is it is going to be one of those games that these guys are looking at the schedule and they're like, ah, I really I don't want to play that team. I just really don't want to play that team. They are so talented offensively. And then on the defensive side of the ball, maybe some of this stuff is real. I still believe that there is some regression to be had, but I do believe that some of this stuff is real on the defensive side of the ball as well that makes this team pretty, pretty interesting. Bengals, uh, four wins, as many as they had all last season. Zach Taylor, six wins in four years, now four wins in six weeks. By the way, Dan Campbell about Jared Goff, quote, I feel he needs to step up more than he has. And he searched for those words very Ooh, carefully. That was a, Yeah, that was a very interesting uh, post-game press conference yeah. yesterday. But I'm, I'm with you, Matt. We're going to talk, we're gonna talk uh, Lions for week seven later, uh, later in the show. That was one I looked at yesterday. I'm like, six and a half, Bengals at Ravens. They're getting to a point where I think I I, I still don't I, I think the books aren't up to respecting the Bengals enough yet. I, I didn't make a bet yet because I, I, I think that number could rise to seven at some point. If it does, I might be in on that, though. One more here or are we done? Yeah, we got we got one more one coming. More. We got a split between uh, Matt and myself on the Rams and Chiefs and. And Matt, I'll, I'll let you take it. Uh, the only thing I got to say were these were the these were the god teaser legs of the weekend, right? Yeah, it, it, so, and I'm giving it up here. One, everybody knew we needed the Chiefs coming into this week. Anyway, we had we had front facing backward. We had all we had, we had everything rolling in to the Chiefs. And then whenever this uh, this Rams was able to fall into a teaser leg category, we were like, all right, well, I think I'm gonna have to add this. I'm gonna have to get these guys in here as well. And this is mainly for where we had to sweat out this Cowboys thing. We had to sweat out this Vikings thing. Thank you for just letting this coast. I didn't even have yeah. to pay attention to these two. Once I saw kind of what was going on, I felt super, super comfortable and just moved on with the afternoon. Different games, paid attention a little bit closer elsewhere, moved them off main screens onto little side screens because they just coasted and they beat down bad teams like they're supposed to do. 
and thank you for not playing down to the level of your opponent. And that's, and that's what we talked about last week with the Chiefs. I, I think they are good. I think these struggles are real when they play good teams, but teams that are inferior opponents, like you even saw in the first half of that game, they had these same old turnover problems that they've been having. They're shooting themselves in the foot. But once they stop doing that, they, they easily cruise past Washington. And that was... The, the only the only thing you should, should have been upset about with those teams yesterday, Matt, is we brought, like I was upset that I didn't bet more, especially on the Rams <laughs> when they they fell into that teaser territory late in the week. We saw on Friday them get down to eight eight and a half. Yeah. Only guy I was mad about was why did I not tie Kelly? Tie the, Rams the less anymore? you bet, the more you lose when you win. <laughs> there you go. That's right. <laughs> Telling you, uh, here you're right though about the Chiefs first half. For those who are like, wait, Washington led at the half three. Chiefs yeah. turnovers. They overcame three first half turnovers, all in Washington territory. One in a goal to go situation, another in the red zone. One of which was just a horrific Patrick Mahomes turnover again, where he picks the ball off the ground, and just hurls it up in the air. It's terrible. Oh, gosh, that, that's. I mean, in what he's had, he's had now. I think it's three interceptions this year where it's hit. Where hit it's off his hit guys right in his receivers' yeah. hands. They're not even his fault. Yeah. He's got more interceptions already at this point than he did all of last and, season. And Washington's only touchdown. I don't know if you saw this. Two receivers were clear yeah. beyond the Chiefs' defense. Like, oh yeah, yeah, it was yeah. Taylor Heineke was like, "What is happening here?" That is still a major problem. Yeah. You, you brought up Trayvon Diggs earlier, Gil. I don't know if you saw this. Trayvon Diggs has as many or more takeaways than twenty teams in the NFL do. Yeah, he's ridiculous. <laughs> Fantastic. It's ridiculous. By the way, um, I, I, I shouldn't try to squeeze this in, but I will. The end of that. Uh, well, I'll, I'll save it for. I was going to go through the whole autopsy of the, of the final sequence, Carolina, Minnesota. That was just unbelievable how that was a sweat. And, and also, I agree with you what you said, Matt. Anybody who says, I won't necessarily do the voice that you do to imitate the people, but I get your point. Anybody who says that that was, that was New England side, I'm sorry. There was just so many things that happened in the first half where Dallas should have pulled away in that mm-hmm. game. And so in the end, the right teams won yeah, those two, yeah, I think. I agree. For sure. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about that a little more. Uh, coming back. We will also look at ALCS game three tonight, Red Sox and Astros kind of coin flippy tonight. Uh, Astros on the series, by the way, one to one at minus 125. For those who don't have Astros futures tickets in their pocket and want to get in on that Dodgers down two to nothing. You get them at plus one. What'd you get them? Kelly? What was your number? Plus, plus one seventy. plus one seventy. Something to think about. Uh, we'll come back. We'll talk about those uh, Minnesota and Dallas games as well. It's Vison's primetime action football and baseball tonight. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know what were they thinking? Backroom deals, huge amounts of money, CIA secrets, sets off a firestorm in Washington, affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learned something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. 
What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids. But I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Back on primetime action, Gil, Matt, Kelly. Um, before we get to a little baseball talk here, so this is a sequence at the end of the Carolina game yesterday against the Vikings. Keep in mind, the Vikings went for two twice, up 12 to 7 and up 18 to 17. They failed on both. So they would have been up three if they just kicked the extra points. I know that's a big if. You never know. Um, so they're up one instead of three, but still they led 28 to 17 in the fourth quarter and then up 28 to 20 with less than five minutes left. Cousins goes to Conklin for 40 yards and his first and 10 at the Carolina 35, less than four minutes in the game. And you're like, ah, easy peasy, easy peasy. But then third and eight at the Carolina 33 with three minutes and five seconds left. The Vikings call a rushing play and cook goes for three yards. Then Minnesota takes a delay and punts. And you're like, what am I watching? What is this? What, what, what are they doing? But okay, still, Carolina has the ball with 2.09 left on the clock. They need to go 96 yards for a touchdown and get a two-point conversion. What do they do? Fourth and 10 at their own four, like you talked about, Kelly. You're like, ah, Darnold will never get this. <laughs> 41 yards to Ian Thomas. Beautiful dime. And, but, and, so, and they score. They go all the way downfield, and they get the two, and you have a tie game with 42 seconds left. You're like, I cannot believe this is happening again. Uh, Carolina does not mortar kick. Six plays later, Kirk Cousins does his thing. Greg Joseph, who's feast or famine, misses a 47-yarder. So we have to go to overtime. And then the Vikings just matriculate the ball down the field. Nine plays, 75 yards. Cousins to Osborne. Ball game, 34-28. It, but, I mean, you just look at this box score. Though. It's just crazy. Like, total plays, 84-68, to the Vikings. Total yards, 571-306. to Yards per play, 6.8 to 4.5. And this game goes to overtime. Like, I mean, this just, it's, it's crazy, crazy, crazy. They could be five and one, the Vikings. They really I, could be. They could be. They could be. This, this is one of these, like, Matt brought this up uh, during Fruit Baskets. We often say, you know, we try not to, yeah, especially to betters out there. You're going to get, you're going to have bad beats. You're going to have things that happen in overtime that just don't go your way. 
I am very aware of how fortunate I've been when games mm. have gone to overtime, especially the past two weeks. Like, we've had Vikings went my way. I didn't even need a touchdown there. But he just this weekend alone, Vikings went my way. Cowboys to cover the three, actually win that three and a half in the contest to get home. And then that game, you know, what did we have? Ravens last last week where it was like we had yeah. no business to not seemingly with that getting that ticket home. And that got home in overtime. It's just, I, I think that it's one of those things that, we're going to complain about things later. I am very aware of how fortunate I've been once games have yeah. gone to overtime. Uh, and the NFL hates my guts because I get the worst of all of it. That's, it usually yeah. feels that way. Yeah. It usually feels that way. So back to the whole Dallas thing, right? So let's go back to that. New England stops a Dallas first quarter. We mentioned this fourth and one from their own 34, zero to zero, less than three minutes into the game. High tower stuff. Zeke three plays later, seven, nothing Patriots. And if, and if you're like me and you had tickets on the Vikings and the Cowboys, that stuff is that you're talking about. It's basically happening simultaneously. simultaneously. You're like, oh, great. This is fantastic. Up 14 to seven. Now the Patriots pick Dak. And after a 13 play drive, that was after a 13 play drive that spanned the first and second quarters. So the Cowboys just matriculate the ball down the field, 13 plays Patriots pick him. But then Cowboys, Luke Gifford blocks a Jake Bailey punt 434 left in the half. Seven plays later, Dak fumbles at the goal line after the play before that, where I have no idea why they didn't give the Cowboys a touchdown. Yeah. No idea. It's one of those, if it's called on the field, and it should have been called on the field. That's the biggest he problem. He was lying across he, the goal He was line. lying across <laughs> the line. How do you not call that on the field? The problem is, as soon as we started to see the replays, you knew there was no way it was going to get overturned because you can't clearly see the ball wherever he's lying at. So, like, I have no problem with them, honestly, not even really looking at that again because you can never see the ball because he's in such a mass of human beings. Right. What I have a problem with is them not calling it a touchdown on the field when it obviously was. So they were th- the Cowboys were three times inside the red zone in the second quarter. They ended up with three points total. Then at the end, they missed the 51-yard field goal that they never should have taken. Never. Fourth and one at the New England 34 with 247 left, which is ridiculous because if you go for it and get the first down, then you just kick it with no time left, right? You milk the clock yeah, you down. You run it all the way down. And if you make the field goal, who cares? Because you're only up two with two minutes, 42 seconds left. Mike McCarthy, what are you doing? It stays 21 to 20. Then, and then it really gets crazy. Then it really gets crazy. <laughs> because then there's a delay of game penalty that no one will remember that put the Patriots in, in passing situation. And that's when Trayvon Diggs does his thing. And you're like, oh, it finally happened. The Cowboys are going to cover this. Nope. Next play from scrimmage. Mac Jones to Kendrick Bourne for 75 yards. It was Kendrick Bourne's only catch of the day and the longest play for the Patriots from scrimmage this year. And by the way, double move on uh, Diggs. Like, we'll show you here. Mac Jones should have never thrown that ball. The safety was right there. Mm-hmm. It's like, what is he doing throwing that? And I actually saw today, then this afternoon, they showed it was like the least percentage of success probability on that play for all Patriots touchdowns this year. Yeah. And yet they got it. And, and you, you you look and like, so that one play right there totally skews even when you look at the at, at the stats at the end of this game. And so it, you, and this it's still this lopsided, but think about it. It's a, one, a blown coverage 75-yard pass. So even with that in there. Right. 32 first downs to 17, 567 total yards to 335. Again, that's with the 75-yard blown coverage uh, in there, uh-huh. right? 567 to 335. Like it, it was. You're leaving out it, one it, other thing. Dallas had 12 penalties for 115 yes, yards. Yeah. Yes. So that and that's another thing. If we want to talk about coaching, like okay, whenever I hear about team uh, teams with penalty problems, 
It always is that the head, co- the coaches have not prepared the team before before games, right? They haven't prepared them in practice properly. That's what you always hear about when teams have penalty problems. So what are we talking about with Mike McCarthy? This well, guy can't call a game in game. Well, he can't call. He can't prep a team before the game. Well, that whole thing was before the part you were talking about because then after New England scores, subsequent drive. Remember, Dallas had a fourth and four at their own thirty-five, and Cedric Wilson makes that sick catch Amazing to save catch. the game, yeah. save the day. Then third and 25, that's Dak to Lamb for 24. Fourth and one at the New England 31. This is yours, Kelly. Instead of milking it to the end again, McCarthy quickly calls timeout. Can't call it quick <laughs> just, enough. Just panics. No, Let me get a timeout in. 20, Let me get a timeout 20 seconds. I got to call it. And uh, that's the one where, by the way, who knows if he even knew it was fourth down? Because on the previous down, uh, the previous down counted because New England had accepted uh, an after-the-play penalty. I thought he thought he got the down back. So he's just like calling timeout, and after that, Dallas kicks the field goal 49 yards. Zerline saves him again, and we go to overtime, and then, of course, Dallas, once they stop New England, easy peasy. And that's just the game, Gil. Like, imagine all the things that had to fall into play. Like, if you were holding a Dallas Mm -hmm. minus four ticket or minus three and a half, all the things that had to fall into place just correctly, because New England had to convert the two Right for them to get to be able to kick a game tying field goal to go to overtime. I mean, it's like we bet on this. We bet on this. We bet. We on bet. This. On Your text on that was perfect. Yes, we right. bet on this. All right, ALCS tonight. There is a baseball game in addition to the uh, Titans and the Bills, which are about to start at the, a little after the top of the hour. But first, Astros and Red Sox will have a first pitch at eight oh eight Eastern, five oh eight Pacific. Series knotted up at one apiece when the Red Sox in Game Two stake themselves to a nine to nothing lead. Two grand slams never happened before mm. from the same team in a postseason game. Two grand slams to make it eight to nothing. And Kike did his thing. They held on for a nine to five win. You should probably still feel pretty good about your Astros ticket. I feel all right. I mean, I definitely feel all right. The McCullers news, obviously not great for the overall grand scheme of things. But yeah, I still feel pretty good about this. As you sit right now, minus 120 on the Red Sox at DraftKings, even money. Coming back on the Astros in this one, we are sitting at a total of, you can find a nine or nine and a half. So definitely shop around depending if you want to play the over or the under in this one. So nine and nine and a half is pretty much all over the place. So you, you'll have multiple outs to get down however you want to with this one. Yeah. I mean, look, it's, it's, I, I didn't, it's kind of like we were talking about here. It's like, I've got this ticket. I was I feel, say, if you didn't have it, would you bet any of this? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, at this point, I don't really know if I would, you know, I'm it's just like, I don't either. have a. I don't have a strong, strong conviction one way or the other. Like, I'm glad to have it in, in the account, but at the same time, I'm like, eh. I'm just laughing because if, if the Red Sox play the Braves in the World Series, it will be the most awesome. We never talked about those teams. Yes. <laughs> All year. Yeah. And there they are. By the way, Justin Turner just ruled out for the Dodgers. Won't be back till game six if necessary. So Justin Turner, who pinch hit yesterday, uh, but it tweaked it, but it really just hurt himself before that. It was a very odd. You know, I heard them talking about it on the broadcast. Like next strain, yeah. He compl- he felt completely fine to hit, so because he could turn his head to the left. Yeah. But he had so much pain. If he mildly turned it to the right, he could. They didn't want him playing in the field. Now they're saying done till game six. But uh, back, back to the Red Sox Astros. I'm with you, Matt. I don't have any. I don't have any real conviction yeah. here as far as a bet either tonight, which is Eduardo Rodriguez against Orkiti. Um, or for the series, because if you t- if you told me the the Astros will assert their dominance offensively and run with it, n- yeah, I would believe that. But if you told me the Red Sox somehow would piece it together as well, listen, the thing about this series is none of these starting pitchers are going far. Yeah. That's that's been the biggest thing here. 
the exact opposite of what we saw with the uh, Giants and the Dodgers, which was obviously, you know, a pitching fest. So I don't know about this series. Would you get in on the Dodgers now if you if if Dodgers down two to nothing? What Kelly did plus one seventy? Would you bet that? That's at least an interesting. That, that I would consider. That's at least interesting. Yeah, that's at least interesting. This one though, I don't know, man. Yeah, this one I don't really really know either. Well, watch it. Maybe there's an in-game opportunity. We're gonna kick off here in a few minutes. Uh, six across the board, rest of country. Vegas still six and a half. So weird, weird, weird hmm. stuff going on around here. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. All right, we'll come back. Uh, we'll do it all. Bills Titans. More of a thorough preview. Of tonight's game. Final game, week six. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Thank you. 